This episode is sponsored by the winningest shell in the history of sporting clays and feet task history. Game board shot shells. No other brand has won more world championships. White gold and dark storm contain precision made diamond shot that is graded five times for consistency and has high performance smooth velocities providing less felt recoil. You put in the work. Now load up with the best. Why trust anything else? Available throughout the U.S. exclusively from KL Ammo. Find them online at www.gameboreus.com. Game Boar are simply the champion's choice. Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast with your hosts, Jason Rambo and Sean Alley. We bring you all things sporting class. Our focus is bringing new shooters to the sport and helping all shooters by giving you the most useful info from coaches, pro shooters, gun clubs, product and service specialists. The Dead Pair Podcast. What every shotgun shooter wants to hear. Paul? Dead Pair! Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jason Rambo. With me, the man that's large and in charge, Mr. Alley. What's up, bud? Hey, we're here. We're, we're back. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> what, what did you drink? Did you just pound a monster? Or I what? don't know. Something said five-hour energy. I had like three or four of those. I figured oh I need to go God. all night, so we better uh, better get going. Hence his shooting problem, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been, Sean? I know you've been busy at work, right? Oh my goodness, yeah. It's been, uh, been off the hook here. Uh, good thing. I mean, just trying to... Deal with too much, I guess, uh, and it's. I always look forward to this every week just to kind of unplug and do something different. Me too. Me too. I absolutely love hearing from everybody throughout the week too. That, that kind of keeps pushing us and getting us ready for the next show, you know? Yeah, well, and speaking of, um, I want to let everybody know we have not forgotten about you, those that are wanting shirts, hats, and other dead pair swag. Yes. I should have everything wrapped up here real close to the time this podcast comes out where you'll be able to visit our website, www.thedeadpair.com and should be able to pick out, uh, we'll have hats, we'll have shirts, we'll have stickers uh, with more ideas on the way. It's just been a long journey. We've been really busy doing everything else with the show and uh, finally got around to doing this. Yeah, and you know, you, you kind of had a good idea. So I'm sure everyone knows shipping is ridiculous right now. And instead of, instead of someone, you know, buying a shirt for, Twenty dollars and then paying seventeen dollars in shipping. You came up with the idea of kind of putting packages together, so yep. you yep. know a guy can go on there and get him a couple hats or sorry, a couple shirts and a hat and you know different package deals. So that was pretty good too. Yeah, so hopefully that'll work out well. I mean, you'll be able to get as little as you know one shirt and uh, and we'll throw a couple little uh, small items in there as much as you know, want to get two or three shirts and we'll try to combine the shipping so it's one price for everything to your door and uh, hopefully you get some dead pair of swag and be able to. To uh, run about and advertise that for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> well, I myself this week have been enjoying my new porting from Rhino Chokes. Yes, do I, tell, do tell. Oh, I still man. haven't got to shoot your gun yet. I need to. I need to take it for a test drive. Small fee. You know, oh, I'll let you, I'll let you touch my collar. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. Um, Everybody, at Rhino, better be listening to this. He's, yeah, he's making me pay to shoot yeah, the gun, right? But no. Um, hey, everyone, we do have a big announcement. Rhino Chokes has came on board with us. They have extended a hand. They want to come be part of the show. We're very honored, very humbled to yeah, have them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was me bragging about the porting or not, but uh, they they really enjoyed working with us, and they're going to continue that relationship. So Yeah, well, hey, let's face it. Good products sell themselves. Yes, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, um, which is why we're with the sponsors we're with now. Absolutely. So, Thank you to the folks at Rhino, Scott, Matt, Jody, all you guys uh, and gals in the office. Appreciate very much um, you joining us. So, Yep. Well, how about uh, the business side of things, Jason? I know you got your Clay Range oh, Design Works things going, and uh sounds like you've had some new projects going on. Yeah, I have. I'm uh, getting calls from, seems like, all over the state and all over the country. And, you know, that's not to say that I'm too busy because I'm never too busy. Um, trust me, my wife wants to keep me as busy as possible to leave her alone. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, keep that in mind, folks. If you're in the Northeast, especially up here in Ohio, New York, Indiana, Michigan, Kentucky, West Virginia area, and you're in the market for an Atlas Trap, or maybe you're looking at putting in your own five stand, or maybe you're a course that needs – another hundred bird put in, or maybe you'd like to redesign your course, you know, give me a call. Um, be more than happy to help. Um, the quickest, easiest way to get a hold of me is through my email and that's Rambo R A M B O 
at Reagan, R-E-A-G-A-N.com. Right on, right on. So, listen, enough of that. We've got Tracy Wright coming on. Yep. And then afterwards, we have Don Grant coming up for questions for the coaches. Yep, she missed out last week, had a little uh, side thing going on there that she couldn't make yeah. it to the show. So, she's back, and she's going to answer some questions. Hey, that gal is just as busy as both of us put oh together. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So, oh, my goodness. Yep, absolutely. But, uh, no, this is, this is going to be cool. Um, we had Tracy on... For a short time there, we did. He did some uh, questions for the coaches with us when Chad was in studio. Super nice guy. Really looking forward to this. I know he's waiting on us to call. So let's hit some commercials real quick, and we'll come right back with Tracy Wright from Dark Horse Shooting. It's all about humanity. It's time to react like never before. For the first time ever, RE Ranger used artificial intelligence to test and optimize one billion different lens variations. It's time to see the sport in a way no one else has with React AI. Available now in frame kits, lens kits, and our most popular lens shapes. For more information, please visit reranger.com. American-made Atlas traps are made right here in Kansas and feature the finest quality, innovation, and support in the business. Atlas traps are made using aircraft-quality aluminum and stainless steel to ensure your traps will outlast the competition. So whether you're an individual needing a private trap for practice and recreation, or a club needing to outfit your entire facility, family-owned and operated Atlas traps can suit all your needs. Visit atlastraps.com to see the full line of commercial and recreational traps and accessories. With prices that won't make you see red and quality that won't leave you feeling blue, Atlas has the finest equipment available. Rhino Chokes and Shooting Sports introduces the Elite GP30 Ultimate Choke Set in Gen 1, Gen 2, or the new GP30. This is superior shot strength performance, and these chokes are easy to clean. Not to mention, lengthening and polishing of forcing cones, which is designed to significantly reduce recoil, barrel porting to control muzzle rise, plus butt pads and recoil suppression systems to keep you fresher longer. Hey, these guys do it all. Corey, what do you think? Hey guys, this is Corey Cruz, 2019 World Sporting Clays Champion. When you're ready to hit clay targets harder, give the guys at Rhino Chokes a call. All right, everyone, on the phone with us is Tracy Wright. Tracy, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing really good. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Tracy. We really appreciate you coming back. It's an honor to be a part of this. Thank well, you so much for having me. It's an honor to have you, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, that's so. pretty high praise, honor to be yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you, have you seen Sean? Are you sure it's an honor? Have you met Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. There I'm looking go. forward to meeting you guys. Um, Tracy, for those that don't know, would you give us a little bit of your background? Like, how did you get started in sporting clays? God, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a long story. I guess I'll try and condense it as much as I can, but... I was a, I was kind of a big three gunner, a three gunner and an IPSC shooter for, you know, four or five years before I started shooting clays. And uh, we used to go shoot clays to kind of break the tension, you know, every once in a while. Really? And um, yeah, absolutely. Just kind of slow things down a little bit. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And uh, one day, you know, we got back and we were having, um, having a couple of drinks at a local restaurant and. Um, with kind of a mentor of mine after shooting around the clays. And I just told him, you know, it, 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 the game had kind of gotten a hold of me and that I was going to go play full time, you know. But yeah, it all started off with three gun, honestly. Wow, that's pretty wild. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> speaking of a mentor, what uh, coming up, I mean, did you have a, a couple mentors or one, one person in particular that you worked with? You know, I, I think it all started with a guy named Pat Kelly, honestly. And Pat was um, probably the one of one of the most advanced three gunner pistol shooters in the whole area, in the whole Pacific Northwest. You know, he was really fundamentally focused and just a real student of the game. You know, he he did everything from gunsmithing to pin shooting to uh, steel shooting. Um, you know, he kind of did it all. And uh, I got lucky enough to get teamed up with him when I was pretty 
when I had just started like 97, you know, competitive shooting and, uh, kind of all kicked off from there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't too long after that, that when I decided to really dedicate myself to clays that I, uh, ended up meeting John Kruger and went and started training with him within about, within about 30 days of starting uh, competitive clay shooting. I think I was over in Indiana training with John. Well, you got one of the so, greats right off the rip. I did. I did. You know, it was, it was really cool. My first clay tournament, I ended up getting squatted in the prelim with Tim and Gebbin in the prelim. I shot the FITAS with Kruger and I shot, I think I shot the main with Mike Wogus. So, I mean, it was kind of like the most motivating start ever, you know, it was just, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <Right. laughs> you know, it was really cool. Everybody was just awesome. I remember, you know, sitting talking to Gavin, and Gavin was the one that recommended uh, that I get over and start working with John. Well, yeah, I can imagine that being in that kind of company, you you probably almost felt pressured to shoot well. Absolutely, you know, I mean, at that time, I think Gavin was like 15 years old, and he just, you know, I mean, he he moved like like running water. Um, I think I remember being at the restaurant, um, you know, like on Friday night or Saturday night or something. And I saw Gibbon run by, you know, he was training for basketball and shooting and stuff like that. So he was so focused and so driven. It's just a, kind of the ultimate um, fire starter. You know, it just really got me cranked up and ready to play. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. well, well, let's brag on you a little bit. So tell us about some of the big accomplishments that you're proud of that you've, you've, you've done in your shooting career. Um, God, you know, it's weird. I've been shooting a long time now. It's kind of weird to talk about, but, um, you know, I think most recently I'm pretty, pretty stoked. I won the Kruger classic over in Colorado. Nice. Um, yeah, I won the main, the feet task and, uh, the Ironman felt pretty good. Um, another one I'm pretty proud of is the regional five stand, Western regional five stand. That was a pretty good win. Um, Idaho state, you know, one Oregon state, um, a couple different ones, you know, been still working on a Washington state, but Mike Wilgus is kind of the Washington state iron curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. It's pretty hard to get one through him. So Tracy, now you have dark horse shooting school. Yeah. What area or areas of the country do you teach in or, or do you try to stay localized? Well, I still have a day job. So, I mean, that's been kind of a, you know, it's a hurdle to work through. Um, I've only got so much time off. No, wait a minute. Are you telling me you don't make millions of dollars shooting sporting class? (laughs) I wish. The heck you say. I haven't met a guy yet. The heck you say. (laughs) Well, Tracy, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice right now. If you want to make a million dollars in sporting class, all you got to do is start with two million. Uh-huh. You're, you're uh-huh. in, man. Yeah, you're in. You're there. <laughs> That's what Absolutely. we keep hearing. <laughs> so no, I'm I sorry. Would. I'm sorry to mean to interrupt, but go ahead. Um, no. So you, well, I, okay. I tell you what. Let's back up a second. What do you do? Sure. Living? So I am the director of a psychiatric treatment uh, facility for children. You better run. And, I, and I've actually. I've actually, yeah, we've got a room for you, Sean. Um, <laughs> That's good. Hopefully it's padded and lots of rubber, rubber walls. <laughs> How'd you know? How'd you know? I've I don't know. Made I, I can't admit too much. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff hasn't, oh hasn't come out yet. <laughs> he, he's got your number, dude. Apparently. That's right. Apparently. He's like looking into my soul and stuff. Here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've done that for like almost 30 years now. So it's been kind of crazy, you know, it's been a long deal. And I think, I think that's why kind of my, my teaching ended up, you know, so psychologically focused was, you know, my background in psychiatry. And I've had a really cool opportunity to work with some incredible subcontractors that um, really kind of taught me a lot about my game and kind of helped me bring it to a new level. You know, it made me much better at my job, honestly. Um, So, but yeah. That's the full time, or that's the day job, anyway. Well, you know, so. they say the fine. There's a very fine line between insanity and genius, and I'm I'm straddling that line, apparently. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm going to stick to it. 
That's I, right. That's I, right. I, I, be quiet. You just quiet. Yeah, you just sit there and I'm look not, pretty. I'm not gonna say anything. You just no. sit there and look pretty. <laughs> All right, we're getting off track. <laughs> um, so you okay? So you you teach close to home then, Tracy? Or what? Okay, let's. Here we go again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Where is home? No worries. So home is Spokane, Washington. I was okay. born and raised here in Spokane, Washington. I've always been here. Um, teach mainly here at Lamp Farms is my local club that I'm kind of stationed out of. Uh, it's a really cool little club. They've got, you know, they've given me keys to the place. So, yeah, I teach there almost, you know, every evening and every weekend uh, that I'm not on the road and that I'm not competing, you know. But, uh, I, you know, I kind of have to mitigate a little bit how much I travel to teach because most of my time off is spent shooting tournaments basically. Gotcha. Um, yeah. so what method, this is a, a common question for coaches. What method do you yeah. teach? Um, is it swing through, pull away, maintain, or do you teach all of it? Yes. Teach all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd have to say the majority of what I do is probably, um, maintain lead. Um, it's still a fairly short move, you know, but I would say most of what I do is maintain lead, but I do do all of them. Um, okay. you know, I, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the more methods, you know, uh, the more places you have to kind of apply them, you know I mean? It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's important to have all of it on tap really. Gotcha. Well, Tracy, so, you know, as a, as a coach and we get this question yeah. all the time, um, yeah. for a new shooter getting started, how do you recommend that they practice or train? Because that's a huge thing. I mean, people get into the sport. They like the sport. They go out and they shoot like a charity tournament. They get hooked by the bug. And now it's like, I got to get better. So as a person starting out, what kind of direction do you give them? You know, I mean, I, th I think you got to get a coach. You know, I mean, I think if you have a coach, I think your, your training and your approach to the game is going to be really focused. Um, I, you know, I think goal setting is tremendously important, you know, so you know exactly what you're trying to get out of it um, and be really, really focused, you know, keep a log, you know, really take incredibly good notes um, and, and follow your goals. You know, I, I one of the things that I do with my students is I've got, you know, I work in the psychology field, so everything is kind of measured outcomes and everything's a really structured approach, you know, so. I take that same approach with my students. I take that same approach with my own training. So I've got really specific, you know, like um, log indexes and notes and goal setting sheets. And then they all kind of tie each other in and then they're tracked. Um, and then, you know, I modify it in certain intervals, you know, like I reassess all of it every three months mm -hmm. um, and see if I can make, you know, some, some very focused changes along the way. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, a lot of people ask us the question all the time of, you know, it's one thing to go out and practice and work on your moves and work on your fundamentals and, you know, the, the different methods. Um, so how do you recommend somebody train for a tournament? So, you know, I mean, again, if you have a coach, I think they're going to help you stay really focused. But I think the biggest thing is you've got to stay focused on the fundamentals. Um, I think you've got to make sure that, um, that you're doing everything correctly. You know, you're moving, you know, from the feet, you know, I, I, I think fundamentally focused shooting is probably the most important thing that you can do mm -hmm. um, when, when you're training. Absolutely. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I know that the big concern is how do you synthesize like the mental pressure? I mean, anybody can go out there, you know, with a relaxed and calm mind, go to the field and practice. Yeah. But, you know, when you get to a tournament and you really start letting your brain go and say, okay, well, listen, I'm in this class yeah. and I, I really need to turn this kind of a number because I want to try to beat this guy or I want to try to beat my own goal or whatever. I mean, do you have yeah. any tips or tricks as far as somebody simulating the pressures and the, and the, uh, anything else that goes on in a tournament to try to, to simulate that? I mean, and the reason I'm asking is, um, do you see that yeah. there's any validity like in training with a partner and like maybe doing a simulated tournament where you, like, let's say you make a bet, you know, 10, $20 bet with your buddy, you go out there on the field and it, you know, does, do you think that actually helps a little bit to put a little bit more realism in the practice versus just going out there and whacking birds? Yeah. You know, I do. I mean, to a certain degree, I think that you've got to be able to kind of, you've got to have that, it's time to put out and I know exactly what to do to have my best possible performance. I mm -hmm. think that's really important. 
Um, but, but I think ultimately goal setting is one of the biggest things that you can possibly do to get ready for tournaments, you know, and I think having the right set of goals. So, you know, goals manage expectations and expectations are kind of the birthplace of, of frustration and anger and fear and all of those different things. So I think that if you can set appropriate goals for whatever you're doing or where you're at in your development, that you're really going to be able to get the most out of your tournament performance. You know, um, it, it, it's, I think one of the things that people make the mistake of doing is they go out and they practice and they practice method, but they don't spend the time to practice mindset. Right. And I think that that takes as much, if not more, and it really takes place at home. It takes, you know, it, it's, uh, it's in your journal. Um, it's in your goal setting. I, I think that's where a huge part of it happens. You know, there's, emotions that you can't feel at the same time, right, you know, right. and I think that, uh, you know, fear kind of submarines a huge part of everybody's performance and it's natural. It's, uh, everybody measures their successes based on score and numbers and things like that. And I think that, you know, you gotta be able to be a process based shooter. You gotta shoot in the moment. And I think that goals and, uh, really good documentation, uh, really kind of help you stay in the right place. Um, you know, me, I shoot traditionally pretty tight jokes and I'm shooting to kind of annihilate every target. I'm trying to stay in an aggressive place. Um, that way there's no room for fear, you know, gotcha. but it takes a ton of practice let me, Tough let me, to do. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. <laughs> um, let me, let me twist, let me twist the question a little bit. This might be a little bit easier for you to answer. You've been to the nationals a bunch. Um, sure. And this this applies to Sean and I because we're going to the Nationals for the first time. So with the Nationals, really? cool. Coming, yeah, dude, it's bucket list. We're stoked. Um, yeah. So the Nationals are coming out here in another month, a little over a month. Um, yeah. For someone like Sean and I attending for the first time, what do you recommend that we do for training to get ready for the Nationals? Now, I know we're not going to go out and learn something new, right? We're yeah. not going to go out and learn well, some new method between now and then. But as far as guys like us that are a little bit – you know, experienced shooting tournaments. What do you think yeah. we ought to practice for the nationals? You know, nationals is clay target college. Um, it's one of the coolest things that you can be a part of. And if you want to get good, I highly recommend going to shoots like nationals, us open. Um, Cause it's, it's a college course and it's probably the best, the best place that you can possibly be. Um, you know, I think the best thing that you can do is, is uh, you know, set some goals for the tournament um, have some really, really reasonable expectations that are not so much outcome-based expectations, but they're based on your education. You know, they're based on who, what kind of shooter and who do you want to be down the road? Right. Um, you know, what's the best you can possibly be. And, you know, I'm always looking at another 10 years from now, you know, so I might not be there and to win that particular tournament, but it might be a side effect of some really good goals and some really good focuses, you know? Yeah. Um, have good goals, have good expectations, um, and make them based on learning. Gotcha. So when we're talking about new shooters and you mentioned the yeah. word nationals, they automatically, yeah. they automatically get intimidated. Okay. I mean, this, it yeah. could be a guy oh, yeah. that's seven foot tall, 300 pounds, and he starts shaking when you well, say we're, nationals. We're guilty. We're guilty of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Are you talking about Sean? Uh, maybe well, a little, he, little shorter. He, he throw these little innuendos in there yeah. you know nobody picks I feel up like on. that was directed at you yeah. right you see see tracy picks up quickly here oh there you go. Uh, but no we we hear things all the time like you know i'm nowhere near ready for that but yeah. based on what you just said that's not what it's all about going to the nationals is it no. i mean i mean what would you no. say to that person that's like, man, I'm not going, I'm an E-class, you know, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. What, what, what do you say to that guy? I mean, I know what, what we would say, but what, what, what would Tracy say to that guy? You know, I'd say, don't be intimidated. Um, enjoy the whole, um, the whole opportunity. Um, it's Disneyland for shooters. I mean, it's one of the coolest places you can possibly be. It's uh, um, take advantage of every opportunity you have, have really, really good expectations I'll go to nationals. I think I'm shooting six, 700 targets. I don't remember how many I'm registered for, but the value of that, I mean, I think you'd have to shoot 5,000 training targets at home to come anywhere near to equate to those 700 targets that you'll shoot at nationals. Wow. So okay. enjoy, enjoy every target, 
um, take advantage of the fact that you're there and um, set good goals. Um, realize you're at the coolest place you can possibly be. Right. Um, <laughs> you know? Okay, well, let's let's take one event of the Nationals, and we're going to pick on the main event here, okay? Sure. I've heard everything from you need to train for trap shots and quartering birds. You're not going to see anything over 50 yards. I mean, what's your – if a guy that, you know, is listening to this and he's like, man, I'm going to the Nationals for the first time too, you know, what, what can I, yeah. what can I really work on? Is there a certain presentation like that, you know, like quartering birds or trap birds that you would work on? You know, you know, so I don't know. And this is kind of like what I do with my students. You know, if I have a new student, you know, there's basic presentations that kind of a core value or a core fundamental lies in, you know, so, um, you know, just turning really well, connecting with the target, moving in time, coming out of the hold point correctly. You know, I, I, I think that you st- stick with the fundamentals. You know, I think that as long as you hold on to those core fundamental values, you're probably going to do pretty good. You know, shoot a wide variety of targets, you know, I mean, trap targets, crossing targets, whatever. But really focus on, you know, the basic fundamentals, because that's really what's going to get you the farthest at a place like nationals. You're going to see it all. You know, I mean, that's the benefit at nationals. Right. So uh, fundamentals are going to be key. Gotcha. Um, well, Tracy, switching gears here. So, I mean, we've touched on, you know, new shooters being intimidated. Jason and I were guilty of that. I mean, back when we started yeah. in 2017, you know, Ohio State shoot came around. We were like, oh, we're nowhere near good enough to go to that. But I've, I've never been more wrong. Right. I mean, right. that's, that's what, you need to go to these things in order to be better. So I but, totally agree with what you're saying. But speaking of intimidation, yeah. he still is intimidated, Tracy. All you got to do is put him up on the make or break and watch him start shaking like a leaf. <laughs> that's good, though. That's why you're there. Uh, apparently, he's back. forgetting the first make or break where I spanked his butt. But anyways. Uh, I let you have one. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to go ahead. I and let you have one. one. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. See what I got to deal with here, Tracy. Yeah. It's just a rough show yeah. for me. Um, it's a tough life. Well, so anyways, you know, the whole reason me and Jason started this podcast, we love the sport. We love shooting. Yeah. We love breaking clays. We love the community. We love all the shooters. Um, I mean, it's just, we, we truly, truly enjoy it. Um, and we want to yeah. see the sport grow. I mean, that's why we're doing this. So and I know yeah. we asked this of a lot of different people, and I know it's kind of a broad question. And, and you know, we would really like to know your opinion on if we're going to grow this sport, what needs to happen to make it grow and to maintain it and keep it moving forward? Well, I mean, number one, I, I, I think what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible. Um, I think the impact is huge, you know, and I see podcasts, you know, the reach of a podcast is just getting really, really big. Um, you know, I, I kind of relate shooting a little bit to like bass fishing. You know, if I wasn't shooting, I'd probably be bass fishing. But, uh, you know, I, I think they've done a really good job at promoting their people. You know, the, um, if you look at YouTube and you look at bass fishing, they've got camera crews that follow their guys around. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and I think you really get to know them. Uh, you know, you're invested in their success. You want to buy their products. Um, I think ultimately you got to get to know these people on a personal level and you've got to give sponsors more bang for their buck. And I think that, um, I'd love to see, you know, big gun companies, um, kind of step up and get a camera crew out and maybe follow a pro around, um, watching his prep, um, follow him around at, uh, you know, at a major tournament, uh, help people get to know. We've got some incredibly dynamic personalities in this game. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. some cool, some really cool people, you know, that I think, people would really like, um, like to see their journey, you know, like to see what it takes to be where they're at. And, um, um, you know, I think some of those paths would be cool, you know, really cool. It, it would be good to see kind of that similar model. Well, you know, Ben Husswait said something similar because he said, look, he goes, look at all the reality shows. He goes, you don't watch these yeah. reality shows because there's, because you're learning something or, or, you know, you're being taught something. It's yeah. the show that's happening because of the person that's there making it and you know, the personality, just like you said, the, the crap they're going through, the crap they start, you know, the attitudes, yeah. the, all that stuff is interesting to watch. And that's why people watch so much of it. So yeah, I, I think that's absolutely valid. And, and again, Ben said it uh, pretty much the same thing you did, you know, can put you, a, put a camera on some of these people and watch what happens. <laughs> can you imagine following Chad Roberts around? Oh my goodness. That'd be awesome. We'd have, we'd have you know, so many views. <laughs> Look at this nutcase. Right. Right. I, yeah. I, mean, I remember back in the day when I was starting this, that, you know, I go to tournaments 
And the gas I had in the tank was all I had. And if I didn't win, I wasn't even getting home. Wow. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I think, I think people need to realize, you know, I mean, uh, you know, when you want to perform at your best and you really, really love this game, there's so many people that have put so many, you know, so much into it, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I guarantee I'm not the only one that wouldn't make it home if I didn't win. Well, you know what I mean? I guess desire. I would guarantee that there's a bunch of people out there that have done that. Yeah. yeah. That, that's you true know? desire and love of your sport we, when you're doing stuff like that. We've heard similar stories. I mean, that's, that to me is that's, you know, hats off to you, man. I mean, anybody that's that devoted yeah. and that passionate about it, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been not, 20 years of loving this game. You know, there's just, uh, I'm not going anywhere. This game's not going anywhere. It's uh it's a big part of my life, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's how we cool. feel. We're only what four years into this journey. And well, four years of tournaments. For, well, yeah, four yeah. years of tournaments. I mean, we've <laughs> we've we've busted clays in the backfield, you know, the back forty you know, ever since we were youngsters. But uh, yeah, yeah, to get in there and get it, to do it real, it definitely changes your whole perspective. Yeah. Yeah, um, it gets a hold of you hard. Oh, it does. It's a slippery slope, I tell everybody. <laughs> it, it is. I think that's probably you spend more time managing, you know, uh, not going too hard, if anything. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Well, hey, Tracy, we, you know, we do the rapid fire questions. You want to do some rapid yeah, fire? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, man. Cool. Um, first of all, gun. Uh, K80 Parkour X. And that's 32 inch barrels? 32-inch choked thin walls, factory thin walls, yeah. Um, I'm, or I'm shooting extremes right now, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a factory choked gun. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, ported? It actually is ported. It's uh, ported by Kriegoff. Oh, okay, cool. It's loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, they're screwing chokes and they're um, extremes. Do you, yep, have, right. do you have a go-to constriction that you use, or do you change them? I shoot a pair of twenties and I keep it there. You know, I, I shot a pair of twenties for a good 14 years straight. And then, uh, gosh, I think it was like two years ago. I told myself I was going to try and change and try and learn to open up a little bit. And I just unravel at the seams, you know, I, if, if I'm not smoking them or crushing them pretty hard, I start to start to question, you know, changing chokes is changing your mind. Right. So, uh, I keep the twenties in. Gotcha. Um, what yeah. shells do you shoot? You know, I really like RCs right now. Really? I'm pretty hooked on the RC. Yeah, RCs, super clean, crush a target, soft shooting. RCs have been awesome. That's cool. We, we, need, to get him yeah. some, we need to get him trying some white gold, Sean. Yeah. Well, you got to ask, <laughs> ask him what his recipe is. Yeah. Ask. Oh, yeah. What is your recipe? Yeah. You you ounce guy, ounce and eighth? So, yeah, you know, so I'm all over um, one ounce eights and ounce and an eighth, seven and a half. I carry both in my bag. Um, I like 1250 to 1300, um, you know, so yeah, but I shoot probably, probably 80% eights and the rest probably seven and a halves, maybe that's, a little bit more than that on eights. That's, that's where I'm at too. I'm finding I, yeah. the brakes are a lot prettier with eights. If it's anything, oh man, anything inside of 40 yards, man, they're just, yeah. yeah. Um, An eight and a, and a mod just annihilate stuff. Oh yeah. Very fun. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you a, are you a vest or a shell bag guy? Um, I make my own shell bags. Do you um, really? So yeah, I made my uh, I made my shell bag right now. Um, right, cool. So yeah, yeah, leather's kind of a little thing I do in the winter time when I'm not so busy teaching. Um, right now, there's not a minute to spare kind of situation, but um, yeah. Well, you're gonna get a check from Sean Alley, and you need to address the shipment to my house. <laughs> <laughs> I want to check one of these out. Are you are you listening to this? Because yeah. I mean, I want to make sure that you're hearing this the same way I am. So I'm going to write him a check, and whatever he makes, he's going to send to your house. Well, yeah, all right. But I mean, I'm still wearing my bear, my bear pelt vest. But man, a yeah. custom well, leather pouch would be cool. Well, but I've I've wanted to check out bear pelt. That's for sure. It's you definitely will. on my list. It's something that I plan on checking out when I go over to nationals. Um, so yeah, will, I'm will absolutely love it. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that's that sells itself. It sells itself. Really? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So, what glasses do you shoot with? Um, pillows. I've been in pillows for more than ten years now, so definitely like the pillows. Um, ear protection. You got a certain brand? You know, I just got a set of Auto Pros um, from Grace, and I'm honestly really liking them. Um, you know, you can stream some music. You can. Uh, they're Bluetooth. They're rechargeable. 
uh, so far they've been pretty darn cool. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I've been so tempted to listen to music while I'm shooting and see if it helps. But I, know. I can't do it when I'm pulling the trigger, but I can do it when I'm out of the box. So, really? you know, I mean, it's the ultimate mood stabilizer. You know, if you want to stay like aggressive, um, you can play some music to kind of manage that. If you're like too amped up, you can kind of play some stuff to bring you down a little bit. Music is a really cool tool for keeping you in that optimum place for uh, subconscious performance. I think my problem is, is my Kohler would be used as my air guitar, you know, I just, you know. <laughs> Probably not I have no doubt that that's what that would you be. You and Chad doing. both. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, could, I could see them both doing, some... yeah, doing shotgun dueling guitars out there on the on the stand. Yeah, I could see oh, that. Yeah. Man. I'd like to throw some plugs in Chad and then have the access to the music. <laughs> we, we keep bringing up Chad. Him and I just had a conversation the other day about when we were younger. You know, he was in BMX and I was in motocross and – yeah, we lived a lot of the same lifestyle, and that's all the farther I can go without making this show X-rated. Yeah, so gotta keep it PG. <laughs> gotta keep stop it PG. there. <laughs> he, what a good guy, though, man. Chad's awesome. He is absolutely, he is. absolutely. I remember the day I met him; like it was yesterday. It was a pretty cool experience, man. It was from then on. You know, you kind of consider him a friend. I don't think many people have met Chad once and not considered him a buddy after that. You know? Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's no strangers, yeah. just friends he hasn't met yet. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one, absolutely. One last thing about that phone conversation we had. He said he was sitting having coffee somewhere, and he could hear people talking behind him. And somebody said, is that Chad Roberts over there? And this, they walked up to him, and he, and he said, are you Brad Chad? And he goes, yeah, that's me. He goes, man, we listen to you on the Dead Bear Podcast. <laughs> so I that See, was that's cool. a testament, a testament to the outreach. You know, I think it's been fantastic. Uh, you guys and, are doing a great job. Me and Jason are still kind of in denial. I mean, we're just two, yeah, two hillbillies from Ohio doing this thing for the love of the game, and it's amazing how many people yeah. come up to us and say they listen to us. It's, it's humbling. It really is. It, it very much so. Um, it's cool. Well, listen, Tracy, so, uh, you know, we appreciate the heck out of you coming on the show here. If, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, wants to get a lesson, wants to learn from you, what's the best way they, they can reach out to you? You know, I think, you know, I'm on, uh, um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Tracy, Wright, Uh, dark horse shooting. There's a Facebook dark horse shooting, dark horse shooting on Instagram, or, you know, you can call my cell, uh, 509-998-0261. Um, give me a call, book something up. I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. Cool. And we'll, we'll definitely make sure when, when this podcast comes out, uh, the description down the bottom, um, if, if anybody hasn't paid attention to that, we do put, <laughs> we put the guests, uh, website, um, or, you know, in your case, email and yeah. all of our sponsors too. So you guys check that right out. On. So right on. Well, Tracy, this has been fun, man. We, we really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it sounds like you've got a busy schedule between work and teaching. So it's crazy. You're, you're spending a little bit of time with us is, is very, very much appreciated. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, uh, you know, definitely we love having people on, uh, and, and we're so grateful that Chad introduced us to you. So, uh, yeah. you know, just another friend in the industry. So, uh, we're looking forward to meeting you at the nationals. I look forward to it, man. It's an honor to be a part of it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate it. you. Have a good night. Sean Alley. Is that not a cool guy or Dude, what? Dude, Tracy's a heck of a, a nice guy. I mean, I can't say enough things about him. He just seems like he's just so genuine. Guy you want to go hang out with. Absolutely. Go drink a beer, get some wings, talk talk stuff, you know. Or take a lesson from him. Absolutely. Hey, we've got Don Grant on hold right now because you took too long flapping your gums with Tracy. Yeah, my fault. <laughs> Broad shoulders. I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. But um, this is the much-anticipated and awaited Questions for the coaches with Don Grant brought to you by Bear Pelt. At Bear Pelt, it's not just your vest, it's your new uniform. Let's get right to Don Grant. Let's do it. All right. Waiting patiently on the phone, Don Grant. Don, welcome back to the show. How's things going for you? Thank you. I'm I'm doing actually really great. I COVID for a few weeks. I've recovered. I'm like actually making a hypnosis audio to help other people with COVID now that I've lived through it. And <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be on the other side. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're we're glad you're okay. That's awesome. Okay, Don. So we had again switchboards light up, if you will. Um, we posted questions for you, and just like 
when we had Kevin on the show, it was the same thing. Uh, we just kind of like randomly picked two. We saved the rest for the next time we were on. The first question comes from, and Sean, am I pronouncing this right? Is it Cyril? Cyril. Cyril. He says, why do so many Americans insist on release triggers? Very few have disabilities. Some say it's not recoil related, so it must be in their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I've really seen that many people shoot release triggers. I mean, I know people do, but honestly, I can't think of anybody around here that really shoots a lot of them, but maybe, maybe just different parts of the, the world or the country. I come across it pretty often. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's anywhere near 50% of people or anything like that. I don't know what the percentages, but it does come up a lot in um, conversations with me. Maybe it's because those particular people are seeking out help, you know, so, um, but I definitely can tackle this question and uh, try not to talk for too long, but people, so there's a thing called yips. There's a thing called flinching. There's, um, I can't actually recall the name of it in archery, but uh, different sports have different names for this hiccup thing and um a lot of people that go to release trigger it's because they have um flinched so they and they believe it to be a fix which and possibly i don't know there might be experts out there claiming that it is a fix i don't i don't know but um i've worked with enough people related to flinching um and release triggers to tell you that i do believe it's mental I believe all of the ones I just mentioned are, are mental hiccups and they have to do with fear, doubts, insecurities, second guessing, you know, and, and if you're in any lack of confidence in your target or your reading of the target or your plan for how you're going to break the target or the payer or whatever um, can cause kind of this hesitation. And then what can build on that, if you imagine like a snowball effect is then you can worry that you're going to do it again. Or you can, um, the anxiety of not knowing if you're reading the target correctly or whatever can cause it to occur again. And with the snowball effect, um, you start to worry that it's going to happen. And then that anxiety on top of it actually causes it to happen more. So a lot of people go to release triggers as a fix. And a lot of them have some immediate um, help and they actually do get relief from um, flinching. Um, but again, from my experience talking with you know just hundreds of clay shooters and um, actually working directly with them on on these type issues, um, it, it is highly likely to recur. So um, the flinching. And the recurring is because, again, I believe it to be a mental problem. If the person hasn't figured out how to be more confident, how to get past second guessing or doubting or insecurities or whatever, if they haven't got learned how to get past that, then what they're doing is like a Band-Aid solution. And the reason that the release trigger works as a Band-Aid solution in this type of example is because the way that the conscious mind works it can only focus on one thing at a time and some little nuances about it is that it gets bored very easily. When it gets bored, it wanders off or it days dreams. It likes to um, analyze and typically overanalyze. It can be pretty negative if you don't know how to think or train it otherwise. And so what happens is, and well, on top of that is the conscious mind likes the shiny penny it, because it gets bored so easily and can wander off. When you give it something new and interesting and fascinating and, and shiny, it, the conscious mind is right there. And so all of those potential problems like worrying, doubt, fear, second-guessing, overthinking can temporarily go away when you give the conscious mind something shiny and new to focus on because the conscious mind can only think and focus on one thing at a time. So like if I told you right now to think about your right big toe, you, you know, you bring your attention to your right big toe. If I told you to notice any smells or fragrances that, you know, that are around you, if I told you to notice the, um, any flavor or taste um, on your tongue. So you move your conscious mind like that. So if your conscious mind is 
second guessing, worrying, doubting, fearing about, you know, your plan, your target reading, how you're going to shoot the pair or whatever. It's, it's um, not doing anything other than that. And that's why people can miss and have issues. But when you give it a release trigger, it's the shiny penny effect. Would you say, Don, that it's almost like a, like a false sense of security? I would definitely say that, especially if like their best buddy had told them, hey, this worked for me. I bet it work for you or some high profile instructor or they read it in a magazine. Um, then they come in and you could say that's even like the placebo effect, you know, like they believe it's going to work before they even do it or before they even um, change over. But really um, beyond that, and there are can be many factors, but um, the biggest one I think is it takes a lot of conscious attention to release a trigger. It's kind of unnatural for your finger. You're used to the the mechanics of pulling so when you release, you know, not only do you have to hold it, you have to think about um, releasing, you have to do it at the right time. And it, it takes a lot of conscious attention. And because it takes so much conscious attention, you cannot be second guessing at the same exact time. That and so sense. that works until it's the it's no longer shiny and new. You get familiar with a release that becomes where, where the conscious mind is again this is boring, monotonous, the same old thing, and it can wander off and it's back to doubting if the person hasn't fixed that part of their mind. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, second question. Um, I'm going to paraphrase this. So Dimitri asks, um, how do I understand or feel the right state of mind uh, when I shoot best and how do I measure it and observe it? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe that what he's referring to you know, when he says the right state of mind, um, he's talking about the zone state. Right. So um, and most people are familiar with what we call the zone. Um, some people have never heard of it, but most people have heard of it. Um, a majority of those people say that they've experienced the zone at some point in time. Some say once or twice, and but most of them think that it's pretty elusive and it's not something that you can create. Uh, I don't know if you two are familiar. I think you are, but yes, most people yes. have heard that I have that free webinar called um, the elusive zone. It's on my website, but that's where I talk about exactly what the zone is and the exact pieces of the puzzle that I have learned creates the zones. And that's from really asking client after client, interviewing people and talking to them. So most people would say the zone or like this question, how do you understand or feel the right state? The zone, and you can use your own words, but it's going to be something like, I didn't think about the shot at all, or my mind was clear. I didn't analyze. That's one piece of the puzzle. Another is, um, it didn't feel like I pulled the trigger. Like I just pulled the trigger or it just happened. And next thing you know, the target was broke. That's another piece of the puzzle. Another one is um, time just seemed to slow down. And um, next thing I you know, you know, I'm on the last station and I felt like I could just keep going, but I was surprised I was on the last station. Another one is the target seemed slower and bigger and um, more clear. So these are pieces of the puzzle of how people would describe that best state, that right state that we call the zone. Again, my free webinar goes into this even more, but that state is not elusive. If you understand the pieces of this puzzle and you understand how to train your mind on those pieces of the puzzle, and then you bring them all together. But, you know, again, for anybody who's experienced that, you can create it. You need to understand the pieces, but you need to train on those pieces. You need to build the skill sets for each of the elements. Um, so ultimately, I would say, how would how would a person measure it and observe it? Well, they observe it with some of those examples I just gave, but they really do have peak performance during that time. It feels like it wasn't them. You know, it just is yeah. easy. It's natural. They're in this flow. That's another word for it. Some people refer to the zone as the flow. Uh, they feel euphoric. They like feel 
like they just could conquer it all. And that's ultimately what I teach people how to do. Well, Dawn, let me, let me jump in here for just a quick second. I'm going to give a a dumb example and people are rolling their eyes right now. So I won (laughs) the fee task at the Ohio state for my class and I shot the best I'd ever shot uh, in a tournament. And I was just rolling on cloud nine on a Thursday. Then I stunk the place up on Friday in the prelim and Saturday and Sunday in the main. And I could not figure out and put together in my head what is wrong. So I want to attest to what you teach because I went back and I listened to some of your lessons that I, you know, you, you had extended to me and Mm -hmm. I realized what I did wrong. And I basically was in that zone Okay, the elusive zone that everybody talks about. And mm-hmm. then I thought I could just ride off of that without understanding what it was, how I felt it, why I felt it, and how to get there. And Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I was trying to find it so desperately. I was looking all over the map for it, right? And I did not do the key things, the key fundamentals that you teach to get me back into that zone. And so I will attest to your lessons that if I had paid attention, if I would have followed what you had talked about, I'd have been okay for the rest of the weekend. Awesome. Yeah, it, it definitely, um, I definitely would say that I've kind of found the magic recipe and if people do it, um, they have great success and I get really awesome feedback, just like what you just said. And uh, it is about being deliberate and it's about being mindful Um, but you have to know what you're being deliberate about. You have to know what you're being mindful about. And uh, most people are just kind of in this autopilot kind of zombie mode where they're just doing the same old thing over and over again. And as I said, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. So if you don't know how to do it different, um, you're going to keep getting the same results. And it's kind of like putting new software in your computer and the new software is understanding that state of mind that that, that's being asked here. Like, what is that? And what does it feel like? And uh, how do I create it? And I mean, there's no like, you know, five minute answer for that other than what I, I gave. Um, Right. Well, I mean, we all love to be there. I mean, let's, let's face it. We've, we've all experienced it to some degree, the frustration, or I guess the challenges getting yourself to be able to repeat that time and time and time again. And that's why we've got you, Dawn. So hopefully you'll be able to teach us <laughs> and other shooters how to get there and stay there because that's where we well, need to be. Yeah, but the, the problem is, is hard-headed guys like me that don't follow what you just were taught mm-hmm. by Dawn. So, I mean, but you know what? It's funny because Kevin DeMichael said it one time on a podcast with us. He said, look, he goes, when you're in the right frame of mind, when you're in that quote-unquote zone, you can have a herd of Cape Buffalo behind you charging and not know it. And that's the way I yeah. was when I shot that fee task event on a Thursday is it didn't matter who was there. Didn't matter what was going on. Didn't matter about the noisy golf cart behind me. I didn't even notice anything. And when we got to the last peg of the last parkour, I was like, wow, we're done. Really? Are we over? Yeah. You know? And I thought, and, and I made the biggest mistake I've learned. And Don, I'm sure you've heard this is the guy that says, oh man, I've got this. And yeah. that happened on Friday and it's like, oh, well, not only do I not, maybe ha- not, <laughs> not only do I not have this, I don't even know what it is I'm supposed to have. So, but yes. you know, I didn't, I went into that panic mode for the rest of the weekend. I didn't go back and, you know, divert back to your lessons. So listen, anybody that's listening, this woman right here has the ultimate solution. If you're in that mental state and you're having that problem, I'm telling you, it's my own fault for not following what she teached or taught. Excuse me. I'll learn how to speak English here in a minute, too. That's yeah, one of these days. Speaking English and shooting sporting class. I'm going to learn this before it's all over with. <laughs> but no, Don, I mean, hats off to you because you, you know, you had it all out there in front of me and I just, I just failed miserably. You just got to listen better. I, I, right. <laughs> so, yes. Well, you just brought up another piece of the puzzle that I had um, left out, and that was everything disappears around me, uh, which is another common phrase, you know, worded in, in one way or the other as to what happens when someone's in that optimal state of the zone. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the 
a herd of cattle or whatever could be coming up behind you. And it's you and that target and everything disappears around you. You yes. know, if you stop and think about it, the problem with not being in the zone is everything the opposite of these pieces of the puzzle I just gave you. So, so if one element of being in the zone is everything disappears around me, well, then you're your own worst enemy. If you're thinking of everything around you, yes. you know, that stupid golf car, or the music's too loud or that side by side and they're obnoxious and they shouldn't even be out here. Or my squad mate keeps telling me how I should shoot. And I, it's not like I even asked him, you know, or this person talks too much or these targets are horrible. And, um, you know, they're, there's too much sun in my face and <laughs> on and on. That's the opposite of one of the elements of the zone. And that's what keeps people out of it. So a big part of my training is teaching like I'm teaching now, but then eliminating the things that are holding you back from experiencing the ideal state. The ideal state is available to all of us in any sport and in any element of our life, but we are our own worst enemy. Absolutely. The kind of thoughts that we have. I agree. That that is absolutely perfectly said. Yeah. Well said. Well, Don, thank you very, very much for joining us. Once again, you have been the the shining light in the very long tunnel of sporting clays. Um, we we appreciate we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we're we're gonna get you back on soon. It's been a little bit too long this time. We're, we're, we'll have you back on soon. Yeah, our listeners okay. really look forward to it. I love it. Thank awesome. you both. Well, Don, you have a great evening, and we'll be talking soon. Okay. Talk to you guys later. All right. See you, Don. Thank you. Thanks, Don. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Sean Elliott, is that woman not amazing? Well, there's a reason why we keep getting all these questions for Don. I think she outdoes most of the pros and the the coaches. Yeah, and everybody out there listening, like I said, if you need help, if you need to, if you feel like you're a fairly fairly proficient shooter, I'll get it out here eventually, (laughs) um, you know, Don is the person that will probably take you to the next level of your game mentally. Yes. And it, it's she's a great resource. She has she lots of programs out there to listen to. And I'm telling you right now, it's it's uh, it's time and money well spent to give her a try and try to uh, it's, make, make your game better. It's valid. It's oh, valid. no, no. It's, it's just as valid I mean, as the best best coaches out there. Period. Yeah, I, I Period. 100% agree. And, and not everybody will agree with me. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But that woman is valid. I mean, if not, oh. if not, listen, there is a lot of big name pros that go to her yep. that, that demand yeah. that they remain anonymous. But I'm telling you right now, she wouldn't be valid if all these guys weren't going to her. The fact of the matter is both you and I are at the point in our game where it's not so much about we can't break a target because we can break most targets that anybody throws it's out repeatability. there. It's repeatability and staying in the zone. Yes. And that's absolutely. where it's going to, that's where you have to figure that out to go to the next level. Well, Hey, you know what? If you're running game bore cartridges, <laughs> yes. And, and you, you went to the club and you're, and you had your shotgun and in the greeny case, right. And you're using RE Ranger, especially the new react AI lenses. Yeah. Boy, howdy. And you've been practicing on your Atlas traps. Yep. And, and you got a bear pelt vest. And you're all you're all studded out in your bear pelt vest. And you've got rhino chokes and rhino porting. You've got the best equipment. That's right. Now you just got to get your head right. Yep. And for that, you need a coach. Yep. And you need Don Grant. That's absolutely true, Jason. You know what? I got a lot of good ideas. Trouble is, most of them suck. <laughs> yeah, but everything was right. <laughs> everything right there was on point, buddy. Yeah. So I'll give you that one. So, hey, no, seriously, though, um, hats off to our sponsors, Game Board, Negrini, RE Ranger, Atlas Traps, Bear Pelt, and Rhino Chokes. Yeah, welcome, Rhino Chokes. Yes, thank you, all of you, for being on board with us. Um, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Hang tight. Hang with us. We'll be there each and every week. Make sure you like us or follow us or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast outlets. outlets excuse me. And make sure you leave us a review. Yeah, and definitely get out there. Take somebody shooting, somebody new particularly, if not somebody else. Just get out there and shoot. And make sure you take them to a tournament. Yes, go to a tournament. Listen, 
The biggest mistake Jason and I made, and we'll say this over and over and over again, when you start out shooting, you figure, oh, I have no business being in a state shoot. Oh, I have no business being in a Northeast regional or, or, or a regional. I'm sorry. For us, it was the Northeast regional. I have no business going to the Gator Cup. I have no business going to the Nationals. Yes, you do. Everybody needs to go to these things because you need to go to these things to get better. You belong. You're a shooter. Get out there. Break some clays. Hey, listen, Mr. Browning said it best. There's no strangers in sporting clays. There's only friends you haven't met yet. Absolutely. And you're not going to meet them if you don't go to these big tournaments. You don't live through the experience. You know, the wonderful target presentations, uh, the food, the friends, the family. You know, it's it's new environment. It's new, it's new shooting grounds. You owe it to yourself and to your friends to go to these big shoots. Yeah, because it's a fantastic community. It's almost like a family. And there's just absolutely a ton of fantastic people out there to meet. Yes, absolutely. But, hey, Sean, until next week, you'll catch us right here on the Dead Pair Podcast.